Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. This weekend for NFL Week 1, both DraftKings and FanDuel are offering million-dollar contests where the winner is going to get a million dollars. This week, we are going to go over some strategies, some tips, and some potential picks if you are playing one of these contests and how you can give yourself the best chance at a million dollars. Yes, there are ways you can build your lineup that are going to give you a better chance at winning that grand prize. If you've been listening to the podcast all week on Monday, we had a roundtable discussion and gave our picks with two guests for our FanDuel lineups this week. That is more of a cash game option for you if you are building lineups. But if you want to play the big tournaments, this is the episode you need to be listening to. Um, also, make sure you're checking out all of our college football content available on the podcast feed. And all of the lineups are available at our Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. Let's get a quick word from our friends at Anchor. Then we're going to discuss discuss the strategy for winning the million dollar tournament and then we're going to go over some options for the picks for the million dollar tournaments when it comes to the million dollar contest on FanDuel and DraftKings the biggest problem that a lot of people run into is that they play too conservatively they try to play too safe Safety is not what you're looking for when you're building a million-dollar contest lineup. What I mean by that is this, to put it in a baseball metaphor, I need us to play less like Jose Altuve and more like Joey Gallo. You're not trying to just get on base and get a single. You're trying to hit a home run. Who cares if you strike out? You want the home run because that home run is what will get you a million dollars. So when it comes to picking your lineups, I'm pretty much ignoring safety. I'm I'm pretty much just playing guys and giving myself opportunities that I can score big points at every single position in my lineup. Now, one way to do that is to stack certain offenses. So if you do not know, I am a teacher and a coach for my day job. So one thing that I was told when I was in college to be a teacher was if you really know something, you can explain it so that a 10-year-old can understand it. So I'm going to try to explain stacks in a way that anybody who is new or a veteran of Daily Fantasy can understand it. When you play a stack, that means you are playing two or more players from the same offense. Here is why that is advantageous to you in a million-dollar contest. If I were to play nine different players from nine different teams, that means I need to be right about nine different offenses and where the ball is going to go and how many points they're going to score, and all nine of those guys in nine separate teams have to do their job for me to win a million dollars. That's just not a likely outcome. The odds of picking every pick perfectly from nine separate teams is almost impossible. It would be like filling out an NCAA tournament bracket and getting every single pick correct. So by making a stack, particularly with a quarterback and their wide receivers, what that does is that eliminates the amount of things that I need to get right. Now I only need to be right about one offense doing well for that particular stack. And then I can build the rest of my lineup from there and I'm minimizing the amount of things I have to get right. This is especially valuable in situations where you know that a quarterback only has one or two, maybe three viable receiving options because you know that's where the ball is going to go to. Now, in addition with a stack, there is what's known in the business as a bringback. So a bringback is when you play a player on the opposite side of your stack. So for instance, this week, if I chose to stack the Packers offense, Justin Jefferson would be a bringback. 
Now, the reason that bringbacks are important is, again, you're minimizing the things you have to get right because if your stack is scoring a lot of points, then that means that the team playing against them is going to have to be throwing the ball a lot and trying to score points also. So again, you're minimizing the things that you have to be right because if you're right about your stack, your bringback is going to get a lot of work as well. So by using stacks and bringbacks, you make it so that way your perfect bracket isn't 64 games. Now it's only 16 games, which is a lot easier to do. Continuing with the NCAA tournament metaphor, if you've ever entered an office pool for NCAA tournament brackets, you know that picking the best team doesn't always end up winning you that pool because what inevitably happens is a lot of people pick the best team. And now you not only have to get it right on the team you selected, but now you have to beat everybody else who picked that team. That is a concept that is very valuable in daily fantasy sports also. We want to avoid guys that are high-owned because now our lineup has to beat all of those lineups that have that guy in it. It's a lot easier to beat that lineup if we don't have that guy in it. So on DraftKings and FanDuel, avoiding guys that are highly owned will lead to better success in these big tournaments simply because it gives you more options to beat the competition. Now, Here's what that means for us this week also, because I know what some of you guys are thinking. Well, what if the high-owned player is the leading scorer on the slate? That's absolutely a possibility. What that means is if you play somebody who's highly owned, you better get it right because some ownership and product ownership are two different things. You have more leverage on the field if you play one guy who's 40% owned and one guy who's 10% owned, as opposed to two guys who are 25% owned. Both of them add up to 50, but the 10% guy will give you a lot more leverage against the rest of the field than either of the two 25% owned players. In other words, 40% times 10% is less than 25% times 25%. So to put all that in summary, we want to to win this million-dollar competition on FanDuel or DraftKings. We want to stack an offense with a quarterback and multiple receiving options for that quarterback. We want to play guys that are against that offense because they will be bringing points back in the other direction. And then we want to try to find guys that we like that are going to be low owned because that will give us more leverage on the rest of the field. Now, now that we understand the concept in what kind of lineup we're trying to build to win these contests, let's talk about some serious options this week on how we can do that with the slate of games that we have. Before we start talking specific lineups, let's also talk a few specifics about the websites that we are playing on. DraftKings is full PPR points, and DraftKings hands out bonus points to any quarterback who throws for over 300 yards and any skill position player who reaches 100 yards rushing or receiving. Those bonus points can be very lucrative in securing wins in any kind of contest on DraftKings, so you always want to try to find guys that can get you those bonus points. On FanDuel, it is only half-point PPR, and there are no bonus points awarded on FanDuel. So what that means for us is this. On FanDuel, the lower amount of points will be scored compared to DraftKings. So in other words, since the total amount of points is going to be lower, the threshold for scoring points to win is going to be lower, 
And also, it means that touchdowns, which are still worth six points on both sides, are much more valuable on FanDuel because those six points are a bigger portion of your total than they are on DraftKings. So if you are building a million-dollar lineup on FanDuel, it is super important that you go after guys who can get in the end zone and get in the end zone multiple times because those touchdowns are worth relatively more points on FanDuel than on DraftKings. Now, here's what that means for us. When I go over these salaries and with these players, I'm going to be building these lineups on DraftKings to start. So if you are using FanDuel, you can obviously adjust. But like I said, on FanDuel, the prime objective is to find guys who are going to get you in that end zone. So let's start off with these lineups by talking about some potential stacks that are available on DraftKings. The first potential stack that I want to discuss, which is likely the most expensive stack that is an option this week, would be the Los Angeles Chargers stack. Now, the one thing that worries me about this stack is the high price and the high ownership. And also, the Chargers have two elite receiving options that you're going to probably have to settle for one to fill out your lineup. The preferred stack for me for the Los Angeles Chargers would be Justin Herbert, Austin Eckhart, and Mike Williams. If you look at the success against the Las Vegas Raiders last year, Eckler and Williams both had outstanding game against the Raiders. Like I said, they are expensive, but I do think that that stack will allow you to cover the Chargers in any way that they might score this week. Now, those three players will give you $4,600 average salary remaining. Obviously, that does not include playing a defense, and the defense that you play might give you a little bit more relief on that. But if we are playing those three Chargers, we have a lot of elite bring back options. Uh, we could bring it back with Hunter Renfro, Devontae Adams, or Darren Waller, or any combination of the three of those guys. If you were to just bring back with Renfro, the average salary would be $4,360. If you were to bring it back with Devontae Adams, the average would be $3,900. So if you want to bring it back with Devontae Adams, you're going to have to really stretch yourself thin on those remaining salaries and really hunt for bargains because of the high price of the Chargers. Now, the second most expensive stack would be the Kansas City Chiefs. The only thing that would worry me about the Kansas City Chiefs stack is that I would expect there to be a lot of ownership on Travis Kelsey this week. We have not seen Travis Kelsey at $6,600 on DraftKings in a long, long time. He is still one of the best tight ends in fantasy football, and $6,600 is a very reasonable price tag to play Travis Kelsey at tight end, and I think that that $6,600 even makes him appealing option as a flex. So I expect a lot of lineups to have Travis Kelsey in them, so you're going to have to find ways to diversify your lineup with low-owned players if you go with this stack. My chief stack would be Patrick Mahomes, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Travis Kelsey, which would give me $5,083 average salary remaining. I think there are two legitimate bringback options, depending on the health of Rondale Moore. I think that that is actually a very important thing, and depending on the health of Zach Ertz this week as well. The bring back with Marquise Brown would bring your salary to 4860 average remaining. If you were to bring it back with Rondell Moore, if he plays, that would make your average salary remaining $5,300. So Rondell Moore would really alleviate some salary with that. And if the Chiefs are scoring points, you're going to probably expect the Cardinals to be throwing the football a lot as well. So those are your options in that Chiefs-Cardinals game. Now, 
If you want to reverse either of these two stacks that I just talked about and go with the Raiders and bring it back with Chargers or with stack the Cardinals and bring it back with Chiefs, I think that those are legitimate options as well. But I think that there's a little more question marks on where the targets are going to be going in those two offenses as opposed to the Chiefs and Chargers. Now, the third stack that I want to talk about is the Green Bay Packers stack. So the last few times that we have seen Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins play against each other, they have turned into absolute shootouts. And so I think that both of these options or both of these teams are legitimate stacking options this week. I would expect Rodgers to be pretty low owned coming in this week. And I would expect a lot of these Packers skill players to be high owned. I definitely want to know the status of Alan Lazard before I put together any of these um, Packers or Viking stacks with bringing back with Packers. So I think that Aaron Jones is a really, really good stacking option with Aaron Rodgers. He gets a lot of targets when Devontae Adams does not play. And as you've heard, Devontae Adams is a Las Vegas Raider now. So if you were to stack Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and then one of the Packers receivers, whichever one you want to go with, you're going to have at least $51.17 average remaining salary, $5,117. If you were to bring it back with Justin Jefferson or Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson would obviously cramp your average salary a lot more than Thielen does, and it would bring it down to 45.80, which is about the same amount as if you just played the initial three Las, Los Angeles Chargers. I think that it's actually a legitimate option to bring it back with both Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen's a great red zone receiver. He finds his way into the end zone when Kirk Cousins is playing, and he is healthy a lot. And we all know the greatness of Justin Jefferson. Uh, Kevin O'Connell coming over to Minnesota. I expect that offense to be able to score points. So I do expect this Packers and Vikings stack, whichever one you want to stack and whichever one you want to bring it back with, I think that both of those two are very good options this week. Even though I think that Aaron Jones is going to be highly owned, I think his price tag on DraftKings makes him super-duper appealing this week, whether he is your stack or your bring back because he is the receiving running back there in Green Bay. Now, let's talk about two very low-owned stacks that are going to give you a lot of salary relief. So the first one is the New York Giants, and I would be stacking Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, and Kadarius Toney. You know, the quarterback running back receiver stack is definitely not as common of a play as a quarterback and then two receiving options, but I think that Saquon Barkley is the receiving back in New York. They don't really have any other backs that are notable pass catchers at this point, so I think that Barkley would be the guy that's in the game if they are throwing and if they are throwing two running backs. Those three guys would give you an average of $5,800 salary remaining. And if you were to do kind of a contrarian bring back and bring it back with running back Derrick Henry, so if you think that the Titans are going to be up in this game, you know, a running back would be a very solid bring back option because they're going to be trying to run the clock out. They're going to be trying to give Derrick Henry a lot of carries. And I don't expect Derrick Henry to be very highly owned. You know, DraftKings is full PPR, which means that, you know, receiving running backs are going to be valued a lot more. Derrick Henry is not a receiving running back. So if you were to bring this one back with Derrick Henry, it would give you 5,240 average salary remaining. Now, another stack that is going to be super duper low owned would be the Jaguar stack. I expect a lot of people this week to be on the commander's defense in all contests on DraftKings because they are such a low price and they're playing Jacksonville. But I actually think Jacksonville might be a sneaky good offense this year. And even if Washington wins the game, I expect Jacksonville to put up some points. 
The Jaguar stack for me would be Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, and Christian Kirk. Etienne is a pass receiving back. He did it at Clemson. He has great chemistry with Trevor Lawrence. I think that you can stack those two together with a receiver option, Christian Kirk, and that is going to be very lucrative this week. That would give you an average salary remaining of $5,617. And if you were to bring it back with Washington's number one receiving option, Terry McLaurin, that would give you $5,440 remaining. So there is a lot of stack options that I just went over. I think that one of them is likely to win the Millionaire Maker this week. What it is both my and your job to do is to try to figure out which one is it that we're going to go to and how are we going to do it? Obviously, you heard my recommendations. If you want to go quarterback, receiver, receiver, or quarterback, tight end, tight end, or quarterback, running back, receiver, I think that those are all options. They're all going to be options that people do this week, depending on the offense. So I definitely think you need to be very careful with how you build your stacks and make sure that whatever stack you go with, you are bringing it back. Now, to close... After going over those stacks and bring back options, let's talk about some picks for running back and receiver that can give you some salary relief because if you're going with an expensive stack, you're going to need to find cheap guys. So let's go over some salary relief targets for you uh, so that way you can finish that lineup off. When I'm looking at running backs this week, especially ones that can relieve us some salary, I want running backs where the game script is going to be favoring them. What I mean by that is if you're looking at a pass catching running back, you want their team to be trailing because that means that they are going to be throwing the football and that guy is going to be in the game to catch the football. If they're more of a run oriented running back, such as like a Nick Chubb or a Derrick Henry, you want them to be up in the game. You want their team to be leading because then they're going to be leaned on to grind out the clock as opposed to throwing it all over the yard. So with these running backs, this actually matters like a lot which running backs you go with. There are two running backs that I think are game script proof, and that is Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara because they're their unquestioned number one rushing option for their team, and they're also an elite pass catching option as well. So whether their team is leading or trailing, I think that they are both solid options. They're game script proof that are going to be able to score you a lot of points. Now, the only problem is because they're game script proof, those two guys are very expensive. So looking down the board, there are a few more guys that I think that the game script is going to play out well for them. First is Antonio Gibson. So Brian Robinson Jr., who was getting hype all camp, obviously had the unfortunate injury of getting shot in the leg before week one. And now Antonio Gibson seems to have all of the early down work going to him against Jacksonville. Now, because of that, everybody knows this information. So I expect Antonio Gibson to be very highly owned, especially at that price tag. So you're going to want to try to find other places to get low owned players um, if you are playing Antonio Gibson. Now, the other guy that I really like is Chase Edmonds at $5,200. I think he is the best value in terms of the role that he has and his cost because he is uh, not necessarily just an early down back and not necessarily just a pass catching back. He kind of does both roles, uh, especially while he was in Arizona when James Conner was out. He was outstanding. So if he does able If he is able to see the lead back role in Miami, I think he can be very lucrative this week at that price tag of $5,200. Now, let's talk Houston Texans running backs for just a second. 
because it appears as if Darius Shaquille Leonard, I believe he's going by Shaquille now, but everybody knows him as Darius. I'm going to just call him Darius Shaquille for the time being. If he misses this game, which does seem to be likely, the Indianapolis rush defense is not the same. If you remember the Christmas Day game that they played against the Cardinals last year, Chase Edmonds ran wild on that defense. And so I think that that opens up an opportunity for these two Texans running backs to score a lot of points this week. Rex Burkhead at 4,900 hours is somebody that's going to be super low owned and he quite possibly could win somebody a million dollars this week. Even if they're able to run the ball, I still expect the Texans to be trailing in this game. And Rex Burkhead is a great receiving back. That's what he's done his entire career. And so at $4,900, I think he's going to be low-owned. I think he's going to be under the radar, and he's definitely an option that could win somebody some money this week. The other guy that is getting all of the hype is Damian Pierce. So we don't exactly know what Damian Pierce is yet. He's $4,800 on DraftKings. He is listed as the RB1 on the depth chart, but we don't exactly know how much work he is going to get relative to Rex Burkhead. And they're priced about the same on DraftKings right now. So if you want to, you know, kind of have options where you play one of them in one lineup and one of them in another lineup, I think one of them is going to score a lot of points this week. I think if Burkhead does it, it'll be through the receiving game. And I think if Damian Pierce does it, it'll just be from ripping off long runs because Darius Leonard is not there to tackle. So I think that both of the Houston Texans running backs are legitimately good options this week. I think that Pierce is going to be very high-owned, however. So I think you have to be a little bit careful. If you're playing Damian Pierce, you need to diversify your lineup with lower-owned players. Now, when it comes to receiving options that are going to give you some salary relief, the first one that I really like is Amari Cooper. I don't think that the Cleveland offense is going to be very potent this year with Jacoby Brissett under center, but you don't really need the offense as a whole to be that potent because if Carolina goes up early in this game and Cleveland has to start throwing, I think all of the targets are going to go to Cooper. Uh, You know, James, or Jacoby Brissett, not exactly known for his deep ball, not exactly known for throwing deep down the field. And so Cooper is going to get a lot of those short and intermediate targets. If he's able to get a lot of catches, that's going to turn into a lot of points. Now, most of the receiving options that we're looking at on the board here, they are guys that I mentioned for a part of my potential stacks. Um, segment. So make sure you're checking out, listening to those stacks. Now, a guy that I like that is independent of any of the stacks that I said is Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson's only 4,800 hours. Robbie Anderson was very bad in fantasy last year because of how bad the Panthers quarterback play was. All it's going to take for Robbie Anderson to pay off that price tag and win somebody some money this week is one 60-yard touchdown because that'll give you instantly 13 points. And at 4,800 hours, 13 points is really all you need for it to be a successful day. So for that reason, Robbie Anderson Jr. is a very viable option. If you remember back when Ted Ginn Jr. was a Panther and when he was a Saint, honestly, uh, Ted Ginn Jr. was a guy that would be at that price point a lot, and he would find himself in a lot of winning lineups because if he just so happened to catch that one deep ball for a touchdown, he paid off his price, you got what you needed out of a guy at that salary. Now, another guy that I really like, and this guy is minimum priced this week, and that is Wandale Robinson of the New York Giants. The reason I really like Wandale is because he is the starting slot receiver in New York, and we know that Brian Dable coming over with his offense from the Bills loves to target the slot receiver. We've seen it with Emmanuel Sanders, and we have seen it with Cole Beasley. So I think that given his price tag and given the amount of targets he's going to see, I really like Wandale Robinson as an option for the New York Giants. All right, so 
there is some options that you can use for salary relief this week in terms of the running back and wide receiver positions. Tight ends and defense, not really going to talk about here. Going to leave that for you to find out. If you want to stack your tight end with your quarterback, that is always a viable option. Um, But that should give you enough strategy and enough picks that you can build yourself a successful millionaire maker lineup this week and put yourself in the best position possible to win a million dollars. I'm not saying that you are going to win a million dollars, but I'm saying that you can build yourself a lineup that can put you in position to do that by using these strategies. All right. Best of luck this week, y'all. Thank you for listening, and I will see you next time. Mm -hmm.